This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where we're finally getting a break from the legislature, but certainly not from the pandemic. Florida's death toll broke the 37,000 mark Thursday, but the state's positivity rate was the lowest it's been since October. Dr. Anthony Fauci appears in a fireside chat with the U.S. Southern Command and Florida International University to offer a three-point plan for getting COVID under control. Vaccination, vaccination, and vaccination. (laughs) That's it. I mean, it really is as simple as that. Fauci says we need to do a better job convincing people to get vaccinated. And there's a new report that says people who live in Florida counties that voted for Donald Trump are less likely to get a shot. The Biden bucks from the American Rescue Plan are being delivered to local governments across the state. No thanks to the GOP. Polling shows that over 77% of Americans have supported the plan. However, it should be worth noting that not a single Republican supported the plan. Let me repeat that. Not one single Republican voted for this crisis relief plan. But Republicans in Tallahassee had no problem using that money to fund the largest budget in state history. An urban farm in St. Petersburg is trying to change the face of Florida agriculture with vertical farming in converted shipping containers. It's called Brick Street Farms. At Brick Street Farms, we will lead the way in disrupting agriculture and reinventing the possibilities to sustainably feed more people in urban locations. Our mission is to change the way the world views urban agriculture. We are the future of farming. A Central Florida judge will have to make the trek to Tallahassee soon for a public reprimand because he tried to talk an attorney out of running against one of his fellow judges. That's against their code of conduct. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and the story of a Florida man accused of shooting at another driver because the guy threw a banana at his truck. wonder if he'll claim he was standing his ground. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Friday, May 21st. This is National Pizza Party Day, National Strawberries and Cream Day, and National Talk Like Yoda Day. Or maybe that should be National Like Yoda Day Talk. On this date in 1927, Charles Lindbergh in the spirit of St. Louis landed in Paris after the first solo flight across the Atlantic. In 1932, Amelia Earhart landed her plane in Northern Ireland, completing the first transatlantic solo flight by a woman. In 1956, the U.S. exploded the first airborne hydrogen bomb over Bikini Atoll. In 1998, five abortion clinics in Miami were attacked with butyric acid. And in 2017, the Barnum & Bailey Circus performed for the very last time after 146 years. Florida's Department of Health reported almost 2,900 new cases of COVID Thursday and 77 new fatalities. Our death toll has reached 37,076. But there is some good news. Almost 7,800,000 Floridians are fully vaccinated. Two million more are waiting for their second shot. And Florida's COVID positivity rate dropped Thursday to its lowest level since October. Dr. Anthony Fauci says we've suffered dearly during the pandemic, but he believes we've turned the corner and there is a light at the end of the tunnel. During a fireside chat with the U.S. Southern Command and Florida International University, Fauci said there were three things we need to beat COVID. Vaccination, vaccination, and vaccination. (laughs) That's it. I mean, it really is as simple as that. We have uh, been fortunate enough that we have a highly, highly effective series of vaccines, not just one, that if we vaccinate the overwhelming proportion of our population, we can get to that strict control that I talk about. Short of that, when we're not there yet, we've got to maintain the public health measures that we've been talking about now for well over a year. 
And we should not declare victory prematurely until we do get that rather strict control of the outbreak. I don't think that we can stop the emergence of new pathogens. That has occurred since the beginning of civilization before we could even record it. But what our job is, is to prevent a new emerging pathogen from becoming pandemic. And that I think we can do. And you gotta have things in place like pandemic preparedness of pathogens that you already are ready to hit the ground running and making a vaccine. You gotta have surveillance that's, that's as exquisite as our best intelligence that we have in the military to have defense against a real warfare attack. We've got to do that because we really are in a war with pathogens. I mean, if anybody looks at what we've been through in the last 15 months, it's equivalent to being at war. It really is. It's a, it's a wartime footing. So we have to treat it in preparation like it's a wartime preparation. The pace of vaccinations has slowed considerably in recent weeks. And Dr. Fauci says we need to come up with new strategies to address the phenomenon known as vaccine hesitancy. It's really complicated because people have different reasons for vaccine hesitancy. Some is just that they really want to learn more and feel that they need to wait and see what goes on. We have administered hundreds of millions of doses. So wait and see is getting a little old So because we really know what's going on. So it really has to be a situation of treating people who are hesitant, not in a finger pointing manner or in an accusatory manner, but try really to understand why they're hesitant. And we've developed you know, the, the COVID community core, which is a group of trusted messengers that people can, can rely on and trust. They could be sports figures, entertainment figures, clergy, or even your family physician to reach out to people to try and answer the reasonable questions they have about why they may want to be hesitant. And I think as we get into the home stretch now, you know, we're at 60%. We want to get over 70% by the 4th of July, which means we need to keep up the pace of the vaccination. Oddly enough, politics may be one of the biggest factors in vaccine hesitancy. Reporters from the USA Today Network crunched the numbers and discovered a key predictor of who will refuse to be vaccinated is whether they live in counties that strongly supported Donald Trump in last year's election. Dr. Fauci believes we have to do a better job getting vaccines to other countries, especially in the Western Hemisphere, which has suffered disproportionate casualties. The Americas and the Caribbean are home to just 13% of the global population, but we've had 40% of the COVID cases and 48% of the fatalities. So Fauci says vaccine equity is essential. Well, it's going to be a mixed bag. What I see is what we're already seeing right now in the United States, where we have just now over the last few days reached 60% of our adult population has received at least one dose. We hope as the president has made a goal that by the 4th of July, we'll have 70% of the adult population receiving at least one dose. We're gonna be seeing similar situations in other developed nations, but by a mixed bag, what I mean is that there are many countries, including India, for example, who has about 3% of their population fully vaccinated and only about 10 to 11% having received at least one dose. So the challenge is going to be as the developed world continues to vaccinate a greater proportion of their population, we're gonna see places like South Africa, places in South America, 
including Brazil and other South American countries, as well as certain countries in Asia, struggling to get their population fully vaccinated. This is a global pandemic with a global problem, and it can only be solved by a global solution. So I would think that we would have to, as a area of the world, together with other developed nations that have the resources and the capability to take care of our own, we do have a responsibility. And I would think it was a moral responsibility to pull together and make sure that we get doses of vaccine in an equitable manner to other areas of the world and not wait the two to three years that it would take. Your math is quite correct. We're not gonna get there soon if we don't do something different than what we're doing now. So that's what I mean by it's really a mixed bag and we've gotta see if we can make equity a very important goal of everything that we do. The Biden administration has announced it will release 80 million doses of vaccine to other countries, but frankly, that's a drop in the bucket. The World Health Organization estimates it will take 11 billion doses worldwide. So far, there have only been about 2 billion. As long as we're talking disaster, there is mixed news on the upcoming hurricane season. The Climate Prediction Center at the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration says the 2021 season will be an active one, but probably not as bad as last year. They're predicting as many as 20 named storms between June 1st and November 30th, with as many as 10 of those being hurricanes and five of them being major hurricanes of Cat 3 or above. Biden bucks are starting to arrive at cities and counties throughout the state. Miami-Dade's share of the American Rescue Plan adds up to more than $500 million. And County Mayor Daniela Levine-Cava says they'll be putting that to use right away. We uh, have been so blessed to have this American Rescue Plan for the benefit of Miami-Dade County residents. Uh, the cash assistance, obviously huge. Uh, the half a billion dollars that we're getting ready to spend. Uh, actually, we received the first tranche yesterday. So cash transfer to the county uh, uh, coffers. We're, we're very excited about that and we're gearing up our plan for how we're going to address infrastructure needs, uh, job needs, humanitarian needs. Uh, it's quite an incredible opportunity. Um, and we are working hard uh, with the federal support to get our small businesses, our restaurants back up and running, put money into the pockets of struggling families, expand assistance programs of all kinds. Uh, and finally, with the advent of this vaccine, which geared up production, adequate supplies, uh, we are now focusing on increasing the demand because we know while things are progressing very well, uh, we're not out of the woods until we have a higher percentage of the population vaccinated. And these dollars are the backbone of the delivery uh, of, the, of that medical uh, help. The American Rescue Plan also included $1,400 checks for individuals, and state government is receiving almost $9 billion. Republicans who control state government have criticized the program, but Florida Democratic Party Chairman Manny Diaz says that certainly didn't stop them from spending the money. I believe it's one of the most uh, consequential pieces of legislation that has been passed uh, certainly in my lifetime. Uh, during two pandemics, COVID and an economic uh, pandemic, the plan helped create jobs, helped provide economic relief, and is helping defeat COVID. It's a plan that enjoyed uh, and continues to enjoy broad support from Democrats, Republicans, and independents across the country. As a matter of fact, polling shows that over 77% of Americans uh, supported the plan. However, it should be worth noting that not a single Republican supported the plan. Let me repeat that. Not one single Republican voted for this crisis relief plan. 
Democrats supported sending direct payments to Americans who endured the brunt of the crisis, yet not a single Republican joined them. Democrats voted in favor of a national vaccination program, yet not a single Republican joined them. Democrats voted for aid to small businesses struggling to keep their doors open, and yet not a single Republican voted with them. Democrats voted for funding to keep educators at work and reopen our schools safely, yet not a single Republican joined them. And Florida, Florida benefited from the plan. Direct payments to over 14 million adults and 5 million children, representing 89% of all adults and children in our state. Over 1.1 billion in rental assistance to many who are still struggling. Hundreds of thousands who would have lost federal unemployment benefits but for the act. 17 billion to our state and local governments and schools to cover COVID-related budget shortfalls. It's interesting that the Republicans in the legislature who were crying poverty before this passed were able to pass the single largest budget in Florida history. President Biden is also calling on Congress to pass the American Families Plan. He calls it a tax reform agenda that rewards work, not wealth. Former Miami-Dade Congresswoman Debbie Mukersell-Powell says it would be another game changer. The American Families Plan builds on the progress that we have already made with the American Rescue Plan. And this investment is going to build on the foundations that make our middle class prosper, which is education, health care, child care. It's going to help families cover basic expenses that we know right now so many of them are struggling. It's going to lower health care, premium costs, and it's going to continue Americans' rescue plan, historic reductions in child poverty. Hundreds of thousands of families here in Florida can't afford child care. They can't afford preschool for their children and they can't access higher education. The American Families Plan is going to change that, is going to provide at least two years of free community college for all students. It's going to increase the maximum Pell Grant awards, making higher education more accessible for everyone. It's also going to make childcare more accessible. The average family in Florida spends 10% of their income on childcare every single year. For many, this cost is just too high and it cripples their household. And the lack of affordable childcare makes it much more difficult for women to remain in their jobs. We saw that COVID disproportionately affected women in the workforce, contributing to an almost 20% gender gap in the workforce here in the state of Florida between moms and dads who work. So many moms have had to make that hard decision because they just could not afford the childcare. And this is the time for us to fix that. The American Families Plan would cost $1.8 trillion, which is almost as much as the American Rescue Plan. It would be paid for, in part, by increasing taxes on households that make more than half a million dollars per year and would tax long-term capital gains and qualified dividends as ordinary income for taxpayers who make more than a million bucks a year. Agriculture is one of the pillars of the Florida economy, and every year we lose more farmland to development. But there is a new way to grow crops in just a fraction of the space, and it's the new wave in urban agriculture. A St. Petersburg company called Brick Street Farms designs and manufactures vertical farms inside shipping containers. The founder, Shannon O'Malley, says they are producing fresh produce in urban food deserts. At Brick Street Farms, we will lead the way in disrupting agriculture and reinventing possibilities to sustainably feed more people in urban locations, offer our farming expertise so we can bring farm to fork in cities and contribute to healthier lives. Our mission is to change the way the world views urban agriculture. We are the future of farming. 
Brick Street Farms is proud to announce its innovative, first of its kind in the world, Brick Street Farms Hubs, which are an all-inclusive, on-site farming and retail shopping experience placed in urban centers. We are reinventing urban farming with our self-contained, environmentally sustainable farm containers. Each of our hubs will grow between 16 and 20 acres of farmland on one-third acre lots. Our climate-controlled agriculture maximizes input and minimizes water resources. We are certified non-GMO, pesticide and chemical free, and our farms produce clean, nutrient-dense food. Our first new hub will be opening in the Warehouse Arts District of St. Petersburg in late 2021, and then we are expanding into Tampa in early 2022. St. Petersburg Mayor Rick Kreisman says the Brick Street Farm hubs are perfect for cities like his. Everything Brick Streets Farms is doing is reflective of our vision at the city of St. Petersburg. Our vision statement talks about building a city of opportunity where the sun shines on everyone. And Brick Streets Farms has been doing exactly that, creating opportunity. But there's more to our vision statement than that. You can't build a city of opportunity without innovation and creativity. And I think we can all agree that Brick Street Farms is more than just a farms. It is a hub of innovation and creativity. And oh, by the way, it's also the only female founded and led company in the vertical farming industry. And not only is Brick Street Farms working to make us healthier by providing us some of the best and freshest food around, but through its 501c3, Brick Street is working to end food deserts throughout the Tampa Bay area. And Florida Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed says these vertical farms are the future of sustainable agriculture. What I love so much about this concept and this partnership is it really puts together three things that are so important uh, to my administration and, and to the department. You know, obviously the investment in agriculture and thinking of new ways um, as we have a thousand people moving here to our state and knowing that a lot of our agricultural land is, is unfortunately going to go towards development in, in the future. But hearing that there's so new ways of innovation and technology and so being able to combine agriculture and innovation and environmental protections, that this is some, a new concept that we're protecting our, our, our communities and protecting. I was just on the water earlier this morning and, and knowing that we've got to do everything we can to put our environment first, especially on our coastal communities. And then third, fighting food insecurity. Over 3.5 million of our Floridians are food insecure, and one million of those are our children. And we know that when kids don't have access to nutritional food, they can't learn and they can't succeed in life. And same thing with adults. When adults don't have access to nutritional meals, they too can't succeed in their workforce and are having a, a huge drain on our healthcare system. So we've got to do more. We've got to do more to bring these different types of innovation together, to fight food insecurity, to fight the, the urban sprawl and, and the less of, of our agricultural land and protecting our environment all at the same time. And so having one project, which brings all of that in together, you're amazing. Like you are just absolutely amazing. Likes Brothers, which is one of Florida's largest agribusinesses and landowners, apparently sees a future in this new way of farming. They've just made a significant investment in Brick Street Farms. A Citrus County Circuit judge will be publicly reprimanded by the Florida Supreme Court because he tried to talk an attorney out of running against a fellow judge last year. The Judicial Qualifications Commission concluded that Fifth Circuit Judge Richard Howard tried to dissuade attorney Pamela Vergara from running against a Hernando County judge and tried to convince her to run against a different judge in the same circuit who worked out of Marion County. 
The commission says that is not appropriate behavior for a sitting judge, so he'll have to come to Tallahassee and face a public reprimand from the high court. By the way, Vergara did not switch races, and she won. Your calendar of events, the Board of Hearing Aid Specialists meets online at 9. The Department of Economic Opportunity releases April's unemployment report at 10. The state attorney in Northeast Florida, Melissa Nelson, speaks to the First Coast Tiger Bay Club at 1130 in Jacksonville. The Council of Presidents of the Florida College System meets at 1. The State Board of Dentistry holds a rule hearing at 1 in Maitland to talk about the use of lasers by dental hygienists. Former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn, who was pardoned by Donald Trump after admitting he lied to the FBI, and Florida Congressman Greg Stubbe will take part in a Patriot Day dinner held by the South Florida Conservative Coalition. That's at 6 in Davie. And Saturday is the day that people in 18 northwest Florida counties will have to start dialing 10 digits for phone calls, including local ones. The PSC ordered the change because the 850 area code is running out of numbers. The mandatory 10-digit dialing includes Tallahassee, Panama City, and Pensacola. Finally today, a Florida man is accused of shooting another Florida man who tossed a banana at him during a road rage incident. Police in Pinellas Park say Robert Lewis and Peter Sala Jr. got into an argument while driving on US-19. The arrest report says Sala threw part of a banana at Lewis's truck as he drove past, and Lewis responded with a gun, shattering Sala's passenger window and cutting his leg with a fragment of glass. Lewis is facing charges of shooting a deadly missile into an occupied vehicle and criminal mischief. No word yet if he'll claim he was standing his ground against that slippery and potentially deadly banana. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again Monday as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. 